Alright, so I'm back here at my table here at Wonder Northwest. I'm here in what they're calling Podcast Alley, which is just outside of registration. Uh, to my left, I've got the Chronicles of the Nerds podcast set up, and to my right, we've got the Dangerous Kids set up, and then further down there are the guys from the Alter Ego Society. Anyway, we're all just kind of chilling here, doing our thing, representing our various podcasts. I'm also uh, representing Christopher R. Mim and selling some of his movies, including The Giant Spider, which just came out. I think I mentioned that in the panel, the live recording. Head over to SaintEuphoria.com and you can buy copies of any of his movies. $10 a piece, but there are special deals as well. Four for 30 or all eight for 60 Highly recommend them. They're all feature length. They're fun. They're family friendly. And, you know, if you're on the fence about it, stay tuned because next week on Monster Kid Radio, I've got Christopher R. Mim and Mitch Gonzalez, the guy who's responsible for most of the monsters in the Mimiverse now, on the show for a roundtable discussion about the giant spider as well as some you know, big bug movies of the 50s and 60s and such. So that'll be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that. Upcoming events, I think I mentioned this last time. Invader from Venus is a movie being shown here in Portland at the Clinton Street Theater Thursday night. Uh, That would be, well, tonight, because this episode goes out Thursday morning. That's happening at the Clinton Street Theater at 7.15 p.m. And then Friday night at midnight, the midnight movie, Horror Rises from the Tomb. I'm bringing that back, courtesy of Dorado Films. It's $5 to get in. I'm introducing the movie, going to talk briefly about what Paul Nagy did to make this movie happen. And then we're going to show that film as well. You know, I was thinking back to the recording and the panel where Chris and I were talking about our top three favorite monster movies of all time. And I like the idea of making these lists, these top three, top five, top ten lists. At least I like them in theory, because as soon as I sit down to actually try to put one together, it's very difficult. Because I have my favorites, but then I love them all for so many different reasons. Even the bad ones. I mean, if I really thought long and hard about it, I'm sure I could find a top three list to put Manos the Hands of Fate on. I'm just saying, I love all of these movies for different reasons. But, you know what, I like to challenge myself. And I thought I'd give it another shot here by taking a look at the three names that make up the slogan of Monster Kid Radio. Where Karloff is king, Lugosi's still alive, and John Agar rules. Now, I could probably slide Peter Cushing into this mix as well, but for right now, for purposes of what I'm doing here, we're going to call these three actors the patron saints of Monster Kid Radio. And I wanted to try to tackle my top three favorite films from each one of these guys. Skipping the obvious. So, obviously, Karloff is Frankenstein. Lugosi is Dracula. So we're, we're, we're going to get those out of the way. You know, I think everybody can put those on a top three list, maybe a top one list for these guys. But I wanted to try to tackle some other movies featuring these actors that are also as good, that, that rank right up there for me. Again, as we talked about in the recording with Chris, ask me again in about half an hour, and I'm going to switch up the order, probably bring something else in and drop something else off. That's just how I'm doing it today. This is my top three list, and let's kick it off with King Karloff. All right, so... My top three list, starting with Karloff. My number three is a 1968 film called Curse of the Crimson Altar from director Vernon Sewell. Karloff, Christopher Lee, Barbara Steele, kind of sort of a Lovecraft story. I'm there. Now, when I first saw this movie a few years ago at the Lovecraft Film Festival, I wasn't a huge fan. I think it's one of those movies where I had to be... I don't know, brought into it a couple of times before I really started to enjoy it, enjoy what was happening here. I mean, how many times do you get to see Karloff do Lovecraft? I actually don't answer that because, well, 
Anyway, how many times do you get to see Karloff and Lee working together? Karloff is in a wheelchair in this movie because he's, he was sick at the time. And, you know, as he got older, we, we know he had some health issues. Even though he's in a wheelchair, he is just so charismatic and emoting through everything going on in his personal life with his health and everything else. He is still magnetic. And Christopher Lee, I mean, come on. Seeing Lee and Karloff play off of each other, it doesn't happen a lot in the movie, but seeing them play off of each other is just a thrill. My number two movie for Karloff is 1932's The Old Dark House, directed by James Whale. Now, he plays Morgan the butler. If you thought Karloff in makeup in Frankenstein was a fluke, watch The Old Dark House. He's got some makeup here, too. It's not nearly as severe, but he is such a great actor and creepy and sometimes even scarier in this relatively plain makeup compared to The Frankenstein's Monster in The Old Dark House. Now, we covered The Old Dark House, the Hammer remake, directed by William Castle over on 1951 Down Place a while back. It's, no, it's not that good. But this original film, solid film. And my number one, Black Sabbath from 1963 from director Mario Bava. This is the only time Karloff would play a bloodsucker in a segment called The Wordalac in this movie that is made up of three short stories. And in some releases, especially here in the States, there is some narration as well as some introductory pieces that Karloff did as well to kind of bookend the three short stories. He's really good in those, but he's great in The Wordalac. The movie is fantastic overall because it's Bava. It's got the Bava color. It's got the Bava touches here and there. The music is phenomenal. It's just a great film, and Karloff is at the top of his non-Frankenstein game in this movie. I probably would not bump this. Okay, well, I might. I might bump it for The Black Cat, the 1934 film, not the 1941 film, the 1934 film from director Edgar Ulmer. And the reason I might put this up there is because Karloff is evil in this movie, and he plays off of Lugosi, and that's my segue into my Lugosi list, because The Black Cat is another one of those movies that I would put up near the top of my list, and Lugosi and Karloff are playing against type. Yeah, Karloff was the Frankenstein monster, but he's kind of known as the gentleman, the cuddly guy, you know, he's, he's fun. Lugosi is not. He's Dracula. He's got those eyes. He puts the whammy on you. But he's kind of sort of the hero, sort of. I mean, he's got some issues as well. Whereas Karloff is this evil priest of the dark arts and satanic this and that and some horrible things going on. This movie, especially for its time, early 30s, oh, things happen in this movie that you won't see anywhere else. On top of that, the production design in this movie is almost a character all by itself. Karloff plays Pulzig, who has this wonderful mansion, this home. The production design in this movie is as striking as anything Bernard Robinson did for Hammer. I'll say that right now. Also, Lugosi's role as Dr. Vitus Verdigast Again, completely against type. He's trying to help people out, that sort of thing. He's got his own reasons for it. But, man, this movie is not to be missed. I don't know if it's my number one, though. I mean, my, or, or maybe even my number two. I don't know. It's a tough call because White Zombie's in there, 1932. It's the first zombie movie. And everybody knows my background with zombie movies. So, of course, this might make it onto my list. But probably not in front of Son of Frankenstein from 1931 from director Roland V. Lee. He plays Igor triumphantly taking this installment of the Frankenstein franchise and making it his own after he turned down an opportunity to be in the Frankenstein franchise to begin with. 
And I think it could be said that he stole the show with this. The makeup from Jack Pierce, Lugosi's characterizations as Igor, he is magnetic and electrifying, and you just can't help but watch him and be scared of him in a way that you aren't scared of the Frankenstein monster, that you aren't scared of anybody else in the Frankenstein films up till this point. So I'll probably put that as my number three. My number two... Uh, you know, I'll go with the Black Cat. No, I'll take that back. My number two is Murders in the Rue Morgue from director Robert Flory from 1932. This is an Edgar Allan Poe adaptation uh, in which Lugosi plays a Dr. Miracle. It's an Edgar Allan Poe story. It's a mystery, sort of. It's about... Well, let me take all this back because it's not quite an Edgar Allan Poe story. Actually, in terms of adaptations, it's not one of the best. Or uh, Anyway... Lugosi's fantastic, though. He's got some things he's doing with gorillas and women, blood transfusions, rotten blood. It's one of those movies that the producers put Lugosi in because at this point he had just done Dracula, so of course he's going to be the villain. He has an opportunity to play off of Charles Gamora, who is a legendary ape man in classic Hollywood. Uh, we've got this, this walking, talking ape that's under his direction pretty much only when he speaks in Hungarian. But still, you know, we've got Charles Gamora doing the ape acting except when it comes time to do a close-up of the ape at which point the studio decided you know the audience just isn't going to buy it let's put in a close-up of a real monkey even though the walking ape played by Gamora has a completely different looking face it it was disconcerting and makes me think of what happened with the black scorpion which we talked about with that recording with Chris where you know from a distance it looks great but then you try to do this close-up and it just doesn't mesh then I would put the black cat as my number one And finally, my man, John Agar, classic B-movie actor from the 50s and 60s and would continue to work off and on through the rest of his life. This one's tough, so I'm I'm just going to scratch right off the table Revenge of the Creature. You guys know my history with the creature from the Black Lagoon films. Not going to revisit that for this list, although Revenge of the Creature, where he plays Cleet Ferguson, is fantastic. And before we get into the genre cinema, John Agar is known for the B-movies here at Monster Kid Radio, but he had a long career that had nothing to do with monster movies. He did a lot of westerns, that sort of thing. He also did a little movie called Cavalry Command in 1958 with director Eddie Romero, shot down in the Philippines, set in the Philippines. A really interesting movie. I mean, he kind of taps into a lot of his western roots while doing this low-budget thing down in the Philippines. It's a fascinating film. I recommend you guys check it out although it has nothing to do with monsters. So let's get into the monster movies of John Agar. My number three on my top three list would be Night Fright from 1967 from director James A. Sullivan. You know, this is definitely a low-budget movie, but John Agar elevates it because he is Sheriff Clint Crawford, and he is responsible for making sure the teenagers aren't acting up and getting out of line and protecting the town from the monster that turns up later. Now, This movie is a public domain movie. You can find it in a lot of the Mill Creek sets. It's also available as a a bare-bones release from companies like Alpha Video, that sort of thing. It was also released once in the UK under the name ETN, Extraterrestrial Nasty, kind of trying to play off the video nasty thing. It's really not nasty. It's not graphic. It's not gory. It's a 1960s low-budget movie. But John Agar is sheriff. I'd live there. My number two movie is another movie from the 60s, 1962, Journey to the Seventh Planet from director Sidney W. Pink. 
Now, Agar is one of, if not the only American actor in this movie that was shot in Denmark. Uh, he played Captain Don Graham, who is an astronaut along with a handful of other space explorers who go to the seventh planet. And there they run across all sorts of crazy hallucinations. And, well, I don't want to ruin the movie. And actually, we're going to be doing a John Agar special down the line, so I don't want to get too in-depth when it comes to plotting. But it's a fascinating film. And like I said, it was shot over in Denmark. It came over here in the States to get released here in the States. The distributor wanted to add some more special effects, kind of punch it up a little bit. So special effects from movies like Earth vs. the Giant Spider which was in black and white, and this movie's in color, so it didn't really match, as well as special effects from the movie The Angry Red Planet turn up. You even get sound effects from the movie Rodan in this movie. So not only do you have John Agar, you've got a few nods to other classic genre movies. And then, of course, my number one, I think I mentioned this in the recording, Tarantula from 1955, another Jack Arnold Universal joint, and that's going to be covered in a future episode, so we'll talk about that there. Like I said, ask me in about half an hour, and I'll probably change my mind on all of these movies, except for my number ones and number twos. Really, if you're watching a genre movie with Lugosi, Karloff, or Agar, you're set. You've already won. So go check these movies out. Track them down. Thank you for listening to this episode of Monster Kid Radio, and we'll talk to you next time.